0: Could conditions be any more perfect for Sashin than this? We designed this large spacious Zendo specifically for Sashin with 45 windows and about head level, another 19, I think, up in the, what we call the monitor, the peak of the ceiling. Big ceiling fans. I mean, we don't have to use air conditioning to be able, at least in In the warmer months to be able to hear the sounds, the birds, the insects, the the boughs of trees, leaves, and as if that weren't enough, this morning we have a soft rain. This, this place where we stand is surely the pure lotus land. <clears throat> this is day three of this June 2022 20, seven-day Sashin, and we'll take a little more with uh, the text of uh, the previous two days. The book is called Zen Letters. It's the teachings of Chinese Zen Master Yuan Wu, who lived in the 11th and 12th centuries. We uh, started on a letter. These are all letters. We started on one yesterday, just to pick up there. In the present time, these of course are the words of Yuan Wu, in the present time, Those who want to draw near to reality, I would read that as those who want to awaken to reality, must boldly mobilize their energies and transform what is within them. There's that problematic word, within them. It's hard to hear that and not think that it's inside but not outside. No such distinction with this reality as the translator renders it, is just this. This. Not inside, outside. Uh, the, the master, or at least the translator, uh, chooses within, the word within, uh, because so many people think it's without, it's outside us. just outside us. But he continues, you must not cling to wrong knowledge and wrong views. There's that word views again. We talked about it uh, yesterday, the day before. You must not cling to wrong views. Or right, here are the big ones. Uh, Ideas of what is good, what's bad, what's right, what's wrong, what is success or failure, this and that. Views on the way things should be, the way people should be. And the most troublesome one, the idea of oneself as fundamentally deluded, as not already innately enlightened. <clears throat> and there are probably hundreds of other wrong views. Uh, as I said before, it's. Half of them, are, we're not even conscious of them. We just carry around with them with us. It's like uh, wearing glasses uh, that are uh, colored or that are dusty. And uh, we think what we see is it, is, is the way things are. <clears throat> he says, you must not mix poison into your food. I think, again, referring to wrong views, wrong knowledge. Food, the spiritual sustenance of daily activities, don't contaminate those activities with these ideas in the mind. You must be uniformly pure and true and clean and wondrously illuminated to step directly into the scenery of the fundamental ground and reach the peaceful and secure stage of great liberation. Only the fundamental ground, fundamental reality can offer us security. Any any fundamental security. Someone Someone came up with the uh, uh, comparison of meditation as it's like Uh, jumping out of a plane without a parachute. The good news is that there's no ground. Clever. But it's also a lot to it. And we can encounter this state of of emptiness, emptiness. of, uh, being unmoored, we can do this in Sashin, it's not that hard to reach that stage, and it can provoke fear. But if we can just remember that there's no ground to worry about, Then you stand aloof and alone so that wind cannot blow in and water cannot wet you. Completely I- impervious to the uh, assaults that uh, changing circumstances can um, cause. impervious because not apart from he used that phrase water cannot wet you He commented on that earlier in sashin wind cannot blow in my my uh, father once went on a hot air balloon ride uh we used to have them, uh, our house in Michigan in the woods was over a flight path, a favored flight path of hot air balloons. Uh, and uh, after running out and uh, talking with them, they're, they're very low, uh, talking with the, the riders in the balloon, he finally, for his 60th birthday, he got a, a gift from our mother of uh, Ride in that hot air balloon, and when I saw him uh, not long afterward, I said, "Well, how was it, Dad?" And he said, "Well, it was a little, uh, a little disappointing because there's no sense of movement. You're in the basket there, up there in that balloon, and you put your arm out, and there's there's no wind, there's no resistance because you are the wind. There's no difference between." The vessel you're in, and the wind. It is, you could say, the, the manifestation, the concrete manifestation of this invisible wind. And this is how we can develop through Zen practice: is uh, by becoming the change, coming into accord with. The flux of changing circumstances and conditions, rather than resisting them, moving along with them as it may be appropriate to do so, uh, then they're not a threat. The true essence becomes manifest and in your daily activities you have a measure of power. As you hear sounds and see forms, you don't give rise to grasping or rejecting. With every move, you have a road to get out on. Uh, Don't give rise to grasping or rejecting. That's another, yesterday I mentioned uh, the traditional eight winds of that can impact us uh, in terms of uh, uh, desire and aversion, fame and disrepute, and and so forth. Well, there's another pair of of winds, grasping or rejecting, and they they very succinctly prescribe for us. Uh, what not to do when we're confronted with problems in our sitting. We want to neither, let's say, uh, no thoughts. (laughs) Let's take a common example. Thoughts, uh, we neither want to grasp at them. like for, For example, the thought of awakening, we neither want to grasp at that nor do we want to reject. We don't want to waste any time trying to expel thoughts. It's, it's futile. That's no way of managing thoughts. Neither suppressing them nor clinging to them. How do you neither suppress nor cling to thoughts? How do you neither reject them nor grasp at them? Well by doing the practice you're working on you don't ha it doesn't take figuring out of how to walk that line between those two. you just do the practice and to the extent that you can be absorbed in the practice, then you will n- be neither rejecting nor grasping, neither suppressing nor clinging and that's what he means by. With every move, you have a road to get out on, a road of uh, well, non-clinging, detachment, not getting caught in the story, the content of those thoughts. To the extent that we can do this, and it's not easy. We've been doing it our whole lives. To the extent that we can uh, do this, then we will not feel blocked or stuck in our practice. He begins the next letter by quoting the great Zhao Zhao, Zhou, I don't like to hear the word Buddha. And then Yuan Wu comments, Tell me, why was he like this? Was it because Buddha means omniscient person, that he didn't want to hear the word? Clearly, this was not the reason. Since it wasn't this, then why didn't he want to hear the word? If you are a clear-eyed person, then you'll grasp it as soon as you hear of this. Let me ask you, what does it really mean? Try to divulge what you think about this so I can see. Yeah, it is such a loaded word, Buddha, uh, especially for Those of us who weren't raised in uh, Buddhism, uh, it seems so foreign, Uh, I think many Westerners have, it's just chock full of associations, ideas, biases, well that's one reason. that one might not want to hear the word. Really, but I think it may help some people to remember that Buddha just means awareness. Awareness, yeah, so why don't we use awareness instead of Buddha? Well, it's not just ordinary awareness. It's It's not just like mindfulness. It's awareness with a capital A. It's our fundamental awareness. It's that which hears the rain, that which feels the breeze, that which thinks and is aware of thinking. So we we keep this word Buddha The other one that makes me wince is enlightenment or awakening. There are a lot of Zen centers where the word, those words, enlightenment, awakening, are are almost like dirty words. Uh, wow! As soon as you say the word enlightenment, then you're dividing what is indivisible. You're implying that there is anything other than enlightenment, uh, since The very moment we were born, there is only enlightenment, and that's true. But if we never, ever point to this experience that's possible for everyone, if we never mention it, for we shrink from even uh, offering that as what is, is possible for everyone, I think that's not any solution. It's a dilemma. I don't like to say it. I don't like to not say it. Ever. The Three Pillars of Zen has uh, some 9 or 10 enlightenment accounts. And for those who uh, shrink from the whole idea of an experience called awakening, enlightenment, they find fault with the book because of these very vivid accounts of awakening. But so many hundreds, so many thousands of people have taken up practice after reading of those accounts. In the annual meeting, uh, annual meeting of Zen teachers, the AZTA uh, that I used to go to uh, occasionally, uh, people would sometimes report uh, quite a few people would report, quite a few teachers report that's what got them started, reading the three pillars, being inspired by it. Yet, Yet some of those same teachers came to convince themselves that we shouldn't talk about it. He continues, when Ludzu saw a monk coming, he would face the wall. Was this helping people or not? Yeah, this, this guy was, became famous for that response. Uh, no, no words of Dharma, not even, not even uh, a little posture demonstration, just turning and facing the wall. Where is the proper proportion? If you want to act in accord with him, what approach should you take? Yeah, he was, he was demonstrating this practice. Facing the wall. Inviting the monk to do just that. Can you imagine today, uh, someone, people coming to an introductory workshop and just having me or someone else just turn and face the, face the wall? This uh, Ludzu probably just for reasons of his own, he just didn't want to complicate things with words didn't want to risk um, cluttering the minds of the monks with words, and, but it just go right to the, the essence of it all. Every time Baijan this is one of the early Chinese masters, one of the most illustrious of the Chinese masters. Every time Bai Zhang went to the hall, meditation hall, or rather the, uh, the Dharma hall where the talks are given, when he had finished expounding the Dharma and the assembly was dispersing, he would call to them again. When they turned around, he would say, what is it? What is it? Not what's the rain But what is hearing the rain? Or who is hearing the rain? Or what is Moo? Next letter, Da Wei, the patch-robed one, with his fearless and sharp nature, traveled all over the country visiting the expert craftsmen of the Zen school. The former prime minister and Zen master Zhang Wujin came to know of him and respected him deeply as a vessel of the teaching. prime minister and Zen master, Wu Jin. Since Da Wei had an extraordinary spirit, he was not content to follow small understanding, that is, a small Kensho. After demonstrating his sincerity, he became one of my associates, this is Yuan Wu speaking, that that Da Wei, who became one of the uh, greatest of the uh, Chinese masters and the, the known, like uh, Hakuen after him as the great reformer of the Linxi school, or, or the uh, Rinzai school, he's saying Yuan Wu was saying, that after Da Wei had demonstrated his sincerity, he became one of my associates. Uh, who may be some kind of assistant teacher, we reached a chord at a single word, and he shed the halter that had hitherto bridled him. Though he had still not reached total comprehension, he was a robust and lively fellow whom nobody could suppress or rein in. So associate, Yeah, let's say he was a kind of a junior teacher, um, but he didn't want to settle for the understanding that he had, and he, he needed to go deeper, to see more deeply. And so he did. When you need to, you do. When we trace back where this came from, after all, it was due to Master Wu Jin inspiring him. So let's get this clear. So Yuan Wu became sort of the teacher, the elder brother of Da Wei, and Da Wei had already um, drawn this uh, Wu Wu Jin, the prime minister, uh, to him. So I think what Yuan Wu is saying here is that uh, that Da Wei was inspired by his disciple, Wu Jin. And and let us appreciate that uh, teachers can be inspired by students. It's a two-way street. The The ardor of a student, the sincerity, the perseverance of a student is inspiring to the teacher. That's part of our spiritual sustenance, we as teachers. And then the, the letter continues, Yuan Wu's letter. Subsequently, Dawei braved the freezing cold and came for a while to visit me at Shanping. When he came to announce his departure, he asked for some words of teaching, which I accordingly gave him. This is what I told him. Those who wear the patched robe of a Zen monk should be completely serious about taking death and birth as their business. You should work to melt away the obstructions caused by conditioned knowledge and views and interpretive understanding and penetrate through to a realization of the great causal condition communicated and bequeathed by the Buddhas and ancestral teachers. Don't covet name and fame. Step back and turn to reality until your practical understanding and virtue are fully actualized. Don't covet name and fame. You see this enough in the old text to conclude that Uh, This was a problem then, even as it is now. Teachers who, uh, for whom uh, fame, reputation was uh, too much of a preoccupation for them. Teachers maybe who are too eager to get in the pages of Buddhist magazines step back and turn to reality. Turn to what is beyond success. Turn to what is beyond all phenomena. Back to the source. And this isn't a Good advice, just for teachers, for anyone, every single person. There's a there's a uh, there's a saying that comes from the island of Cyprus. Leave where you have succeeded, return where you have failed. Excellent advice at every stage of the path. Excellent advice in Sashin. We find that some insight has come to us of any kind, any kind of insight, to let it go. Don't befoul it by thinking about it. Move on. Because there's nothing there to hold on to except thoughts. Why would we ever want to hold on to thoughts about some experience we've had? That's, that's letting go is turning to, letting, leaving where we've succeeded, letting go is turning to reality, in Yuan Wu's words. Return. We we have failed. We're always always uh, failing to a degree until supreme perfect enlightenment. We have we have further to go. There are shadows yet left that have to be seen through. And then the final clause: until your practical understanding and virtue are fully actualized, enlightenment experiences aren't enough unless they are, are reveal themselves through upright conduct, virtue, not causing harm to others. In our, in our Words or our deeds. And then he, then Yuan Wu continues with the advice here to uh, his monks. When there is real attainment, the more you try to hide it, the more it cannot be concealed all the sages and the devas and nagas will try to push a person of real attainment forward, especially after years of cultivation and refinement. And the devas and nagas are these benevolent beings. Wait until you are like a bell sounding when struck or a valley returning an echo. Beautiful images there. A bell sounding when struck, no self, no agenda, or a valley returning an echo. Wait until you are like pure gold coming forth from a forge where it has been smelted and refined 10,000 times so that it will not change in 10,000 generations so that it is 10,000 years in a single moment. It is fully realize the timeless, what is beyond time. And then finally he says, when the grip of transcendence is in your hand, when the grasses bend down as the wind blows, then won't you be expansive and generous with resources to spare? And then he concludes the letter, remember, what is important in practice is perseverance and consistency. And then one uh, final bit in the letter. By even speaking a phrase to you, I have already doused you with dirty water. This is what I was referring to earlier about uh, a teacher, the, the dilemma of a teacher in using words. It would be even worse for me to put a twinkle in my eye and raise my eyebrow to you or wrap on the meditation seat, or hold up a whisk, or demand, what is this? As for shouting and hitting, it's obvious that this is just a pile of bones on level ground. There are also the type who don't know good from bad and ask questions about Buddha and Dharma and Zen and the Tao. They ask to be helped. They beg to be received. They seek knowledge and sayings and theories relating to the Buddhist teaching and to transcending the world and to accommodating the world. This is washing dirt in mud and washing mud in dirt. When will they ever manage to clear it away? he's He's not really finding fault with people who ask sincere questions related to practice, he's he's really referring, as I see it, he's referring to people who are voiding practice by coming up with theoretical and other questions that really don't bake any bread. That's why in, in Doksan, Uh, We try to uh, adhere to uh, a pretty um, limited range of of questions, especially in Sashin with so many people, uh, to keep it to practice, not dogma, not not doctrine. There's a place for that, but it's not in this great effort we call Sashin. The truth is we all know. We all understand in our essential nature. We have all wisdom that we could ever need. And Too often questions are just a way of circling around the thing itself. Some people hear this kind of talk and jump to conclusions, claiming, I understand. Fundamentally, there is nothing to Buddhism. It's there in everybody. As I spend my days eating food and wearing clothes, has there ever been anything lacking? Then they settle down in the realm of unconcerned ordinariness, far from realizing that nothing like this has ever been part of the real practice of Buddhism. Yeah, this is... uh, is, this is uh, very much like Buji Zen. This is mentioned in the Three Pillars of Zen, Buji Zen. I think the, 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 it means um, those who say, okay, we're already Buddhas, we're all, already in our fundamental nature uh, fully enlightened. So what's there to do? It's a real terrible handicap that that idea crippling yes we are all fundamentally enlightened equally endowed with this luminous mind of enlightenment but until we realize it we make it real confirming it through our experience then Don't talk that way. Leaving behind all leakages. Leakages is a a term for... um, uh, refer to just um, basically thoughts. Thoughts, errant thoughts. Thoughts take us away from the direct experience, leaving behind all leakages. Day by day, you get closer to the truth and more familiar with it. As you go further, you change like a panther who no longer sticks to its den. You leap out of the corral. Then you no longer doubt all the sayings of the world's enlightened teachers. You are like cast iron. This is precisely the time to apply effort and cultivate practice and nourish your realization. You change like a panther who no longer sticks to its den. You break out of this self-imposed idea of oneself. After that, you can kindle the inexhaustible lamp and travel the unobstructed path. You relinquish your body and your life to rescue living beings, liberate living beings. You enable them to come out of their cages and eliminate their attachments and bonds. He's talking here about a great teacher. You cure them of the diseases of being attached to being enlightened, so that having emerged from the deep Pit of liberation, they can become uncontrived, unencumbered, joyfully alive people of the path. The deep pit of liberation just means uh, still clinging to the idea of having attained something that one didn't already have from the very beginning. When you yourself have crossed over, you must not abandon the carrying out of your bodhisattva vows. You must be mindful of liberating all beings and steadfastly endure the attendant hardship and toil in order to serve as a boat on the ocean of all knowledge. Only then will you have some accord with the path. And then he finishes with uh, advice for those who uh, might become attached to some opening, some experience they've had. Don't be a brittle pillar or a feeble lamp. Don't bat around your little clean ball of inner mystical experience. You may have understood for yourself, but what good does it do for others? perfect segue to the four vows. We'll stop now.